Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. You are now listening to station WLS, the voice of Prairie Farmer, America's oldest farm paper, Chicago. The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's Wax present another gleaming, glossy, gay and garrulous grab bag of fun and music with Rico Martelli's orchestra and starring Marion and Jim as Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> Martelli and his men open the proceedings with Midnight in Paris. Wrap it up, Rico. <laughs> have a few words of wax wisdom. Until you actually use Johnson's Glow Coat on your linoleum, you can't possibly know what a difference it makes in the looks of a floor. If your linoleum is dull and dingy looking, Glow Coat will make it shine like new again. Or if you have new linoleum on your floor, just remember that you should protect it with Glow Coat if you want to keep it beautiful and save it from becoming worn and lifeless. Glow Coat is so easy to apply. You do no rubbing or buffing. In 20 minutes, Glow Coat dries to a bright, gleaming polish that sheds dirt and dust and saves you hours of cleaning time. Look for the attractive yellow can with the lettering Johnson's Glow Coat. A very pretty little domestic scene at 79 Wistful Vista tonight. Fibber and Molly are seated in the living room. McGee is tuning in the radio. Let's see now what I can get. God read it. Ever since I hung that potato on the aerial, all I can get is Lady Peel. <laughs> Be Lily to you, Molly. Don't don't tune us out, folks. That's our radio, not yours. Turn it up so I can hear it, please. Okay, Molly. I spent the whole morning adjusting this thing so that I could get something good. Oh. There, you see what you've done, McGee? Put the radio on the bum. Oh, shucks, Molly. I can fix it all right. Yeah, like you did last time, I suppose. Bet you. you fixed it so it's when you tuned in Los Angeles, the doorbell would ring. 
If you if you tuned it up higher, the uh, uh, up louder, the lights would go on in the basement. <laughs> and another thing, huh? did you shovel the snow off the walk like I told you? Well, I. And another thing, did you bring some groceries home for supper? Oh, I forgot them, Molly. But I'll winchle right over and get them. Walter Winchell? Yeah. I'll be back in a flash with some hash. <laughs> That's probably the radio man to fix the radio, Molly. Don't be silly, McGee. You haven't called him yet. Oh. <laughs> That's right, I ain't. Okay, I'm coming. Oh, hello there, Mrs. Wheedledeck. How are you? What do you care how I am, you little palooka? Huh? If you cared how I was, you'd shovel off that sidewalk of yours so the body could walk. I've been 20 minutes going 14 feet on that ice. And I want to tell you right now, when I want to do my trucking or tear off a little karaoke, I'll go to a dance hall to do it. <laughs> so get out there and chop yourself an ice cube, you little drink of water. Well, for the... Well, can you beat... Can Who you... was that, McGee? Oh, boy, uh, that was just... Oh, some fellow wanted to know where 14th and Oak Streets was. <laughs> Sounded like a woman's voice to me. Yes, uh, I know. <laughs> Sound like that to me, too, at first. <laughs> Let's see now, what was I going to do? Go get the groceries. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to telephone the radio man. I don't think I'll try to fix it myself, Molly. I'll call him up now. Hi, babe. Give me uh, Murray Hill 89933. <laughs> oh, I had a cat and his name was Mort. He had nine lives like the Supreme Court. With a hey, nanny, nanny, and a TVA. <laughs> oh, hello. Wistful Vista Hardware Store? This here's Trevor McGee. Can you come right over and fix my radio? What's the matter with it? Why, shucks, if I know that, I'd fix it myself. Okay, I'll expect him then. While he's on the way over, McGee, you might be shoveling off the walk. You're right, Molly. Good. You're right. I might be, but I won't. <laughs> You get it, Molly? I said Ah, oh, it ain't funny, McGee. Okay. My, my, we're real popular tonight, McGee. Go see who it is. And if it's another man wanting 14th and Oak Street, invite her in. Oh, now, Molly. Okay, okay, I'm coming. Pardon me. I'm working my way through the university by selling Johnson's Glow Coat for the Jones store. You know, the quick drying, no rubbing, no bumping. Oh, Harpo Wilcox. <laughs> What university are you going to, Harpo? Florida. Florida? Sure. You know, Waxa, the Florida. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> if you was going... Yeah. If you was going to Toronto, I suppose you'd save one a third on the large-size Canada, huh? Oh. <laughs> no, thanks, Harpo. We just bought a new can of glow coat. I can't help you. Well, you'll be sorry when I'm a Phi Beta Kappa. Phi Beta Kappa. Phooey. <laughs> I'm a non-compassmentist myself. <laughs> so long, Harpo. Who was that now? Harpo. Did you ask him in? No, I... Say, it'd save time, Molly, if we just took the door off the hinges. <laughs> Might be a little drafty, maybe, but it'd save wear and tear. Oh, it's probably the radio man, McGee. Let him in. Okay. Oh, hello there, Geraldine. Oh, hello, Mr. McGee. <laughs> Really? I told Gerald he ought to walk over here with me, and what do you think he said? What he said? <laughs> he said he was going to stay home and play the desert song. The desert song? Yes, yeah, chic to chic. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that 
perfect temperaneous, Miss McGee. I mean, isn't it really? Yes, it <laughs> Oh, Joe gets off the courageous things. He really does. Oh, why shouldn't he? <laughs> uh, won't you step in out of the cold? It's oh, no, thank you, Miss McGee. I really mustn't, well, really. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to see if Molly had any books to go back to the circulating library. Circulating library? Daryl says it must be a circulating library. I get such dizzy books. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gerald must be a card. <laughs> I don't think Molly's got any books. Well, I'll be getting along then, Mr. McGee. It's terribly cold. I mean, it really is. Yes. Uh, Gerald says he wouldn't go out on a night like this because he froze his ears last year. Oh, he <laughs> went out and froze his ears. Oh, not outside. <laughs> Gerald says he froze his ears looking for something to eat in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> well, I simply must be off. Little bit of Now we are to hear Rico Martelli and his men play a very catchy song submitted in our recent amateur songwriters contest. The song titled, I Found You in the Moonlight, was written by Russ Daly of Ogdensburg, Wisconsin. The popular young tenor Bob Hannon sings the vocal, I Found You in the Moonlight. All right, Rico. <laughs> The night I found you in the moonlight And lost my head completely over you I only meant to say good evening To pass you by and find my way to bed But something tempted me that evening To stay around and lose my heart instead You were sweet a gentle breeze was sighing and the moon was fair above. First we laughed and did a little crying. We found ourselves in love. And now so often on a June night, in lovely dreams it seems I live in you. The night I found you in the moonlight and lost my head completely over you. And on a June night, 
In lovely dreams it seems I live anew The night I found you in the moonlight And lost my head completely over you Thank you, Bob Hannon, and congratulations, Mr. Daly. Next week, Marcelli will feature another song entered in his amateur songwriter's contest. The composer is John Carter of Bloomington, Illinois. His song is titled, I'll Feast My Eyes on You. Back at Wistful Vista, the McGee's are waiting for the arrival of the radio repairman so they can continue with their nice, peaceful evening. Or what started out to be a nice, peaceful evening. Isn't it about time that radio man was here, McGee? I don't know, Molly. Probably takes time to wait through. Seventy days. Here at last. Go answer it, McGee. I've been to that door so dead red many times tonight, I feel like a usher. <laughs> radio repairman, come right in. Hello, there, Peter. Well, if it ain't Nick the Pocket. Come on in, Nick, and shake the icicles off your chin. <laughs> thank you to Pete, Fisher. It is a very fine night outside for Eskimokies, if you should like polar bears, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, how do you do, Mr. DePopolis? Hello, Cupid. <laughs> you report to being very smart people to be staying inside from outdoors, I'm thinking. Yes, Mr. DePopolis. We thought we'd stay in and listen to the radio this evening, but the radio's busted, and we're waiting for the man to come and fix it. Come on in and sit down, Nick. Sure. How's business? Restaurant's business is very fine, if you don't mind, Fizzer. Good. One Cupid customer, she's far to telling me, Mr. Restaurant's man, in all the world, there is no restaurants where I'm getting such stoom prunes as this. Stoom prunes? What do you mean, stoom prunes? <laughs> now, don't pull me with that stuff, Fizzer. <laughs> You're knowing very well, stoom prunes. Stoom prunes is for to being plums which are all wrinkled on the face for worrying about perhaps winding up like stoom prunes. <laughs> oh, so the lady said there was no place in the world where you could get the stewed prunes as in your restaurant. That's right, Cupid. This old Cupid customer is saying my stoom prunes is without doubt maybe the worst stoom prunes of any place he's ever stayed away from. <laughs> These customers, you know, is always having <laughs> little jokes with restaurant people. <laughs> well, I always says, Nick, the customer's always right. I mind the time I was managing the Shapiro Bernstein French restaurant in Dublin. I was... <laughs> There's the radio man, McGee. Let him in, will you, Molly, while I find a cigar for me? All right, McGee. I feel like a feather in the breeze. How do you do? Are you the radio man? <laughs> I say, are you the man to fix the radio? No, I'm a PWA worker. Oh, Isn't he dead? A PWA worker? Well, what do you want, me boy? Well, I just want to tell you never mind about shoveling the walk if you was going to us boys and doing it. Oh, well, now that's fine. That's a terrible cold you have. You better take care of it. I haven't got any cold, lady. Well, I must say you sound like it. Yeah, yeah, I know. But if you talk to as many politicians to get this job as I have, you'd lose your voice too. <laughs> Radio man? No, McGee, it was a man from the city. He says they're shoveling off the walks themselves, so now you won't have to. I won't have to, huh? 
Freezer is seeming quite happiness, Cupid. Was he afraid for to have shoveled the sidewalks off with snow? <laughs> sure, Mr. DePopolis. Every time he sees a shovel, he gets stage fright. <laughs> I can't help it, Molly. My grandmother over in Ireland was frightened by some mining tools. <laughs> and what happens about that, Freezer? So when I was born, of all the 11 kids, I was the pick of the lot. Oh. Have a cigar, Nick. Thank you to people. <laughs> You know, Mr. DePopolis, you'd think that a cold night like this, everybody'd be staying home. But that doorbell has rung 20 times, at least. That is just your personal magnitude, Chupi. <laughs> I'm forced to flattening you, I think, but uh, you're right. How do you mean she's right, Nick? Well, this is very fine evening for not going someplace. Betcha. This is what I'm thinking myself. I'm thinking this is such a bad night with cold and snowing that no people who is smart with brains is staying home. So that's why I'm here. You grab me? <laughs> no, not exactly, but never mind. I hear you served a nice dinner in your restaurant on Washington's birthday, Mr. DePopolis. Oh, sure, Cupid. Judge Washington, he was a great man, I'm thinking. Indeed he was. But you Americans have a lot of great patriarchies. Like uh, Abraham Blinkus, Brickwall Jackson, <laughs> uh, Jock Dempsey, and this uh, Tarzan with the monkeys. <laughs> He's a great people. Judge, you had some pretty good Greek people, too, Nick. Helen of Troy, for instance. No, no, Peter. Helen of Troy, she was a bad cupie, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, but she was beautiful, Mr. DePopolis. They say she had a face that launched a thousand ships. <laughs> if she is forced to having her lunch on a thousand boats, she's crazy from sailors, like my first Mrs. DePopolis was. <laughs> Why, what'd she do, Nick? Well, she's running away from me with a uniform with a Navy sailor inside. Oh. <laughs> yes, you know, all ladies is foolish from sailors, Cupid. Perhaps except you. And I'm not so sure I'm talking sense when I'm saying that, too. Oh, is that so? <laughs> well, that's probably why Molly fell for me, Nick. I used to be a bosun's mate on the old USS Peoria. I mind the time one day when we docked down at Rio de Janeiro with... Heavenly days, if this isn't the radio man, I don't know what I'll do. Oh, hello, Molly. How do you do, Mr. Wilcox? Hi, Harper. What can we do for you? Well, you see, your radio being broken, I couldn't make an announcement over it, so I, I just ran over from the studio to tell you that Mark Kelly's going to have our little solo violinist, Audrey Call, play her own version of Dinner for One, Please, James. Dinner for One, Please, James, huh? Dinners for One is not so good for restaurants business, Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. I'm much more pleased if this little fiddle cupie is playing banquets for 500 people. <laughs> Tell her to go right ahead, Mr. Wilcox. All right, okay, Might play it. 
the hot fiddle manner of Joe Venuti. Once more to 79 Wistful Vista, we find Molly and Fibber and Nick Depopolis still waiting for that radio man. Uh, telephone. Probably the hardware store saying they can't send a repairman. Get it, will you, Molly? Okay, McGee. Hey, Nick, I ever tell you about the time He's I... like a feather in the breeze. Hello, 79 Wistful Vista, Mrs. McGee speaking. Who? The Wistful Vista Hospital? What? Oh, heavenly days. A what? A case of amnesia? Oh, I see. He's lost his memory. He's run away from the hospital and he's headed this way. Good heavens, will he... Oh, he's harmless if nobody excites him. Oh, I see. Sure, we'll keep eye out for him. Sure. Red hair, blue eyes, and wearing hospital slippers. Sure, ma'am, but it's hardly likely he'll come here. No, I won't worry anyone about it at all. Thank you for calling, ma'am. Goodbye. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I better go lock the back door. Red eyes, blue hair, wearing amnesia slippers. Hey, Nick. Let that radio man in, will you? I've been to that door 50 times tonight. Huckley Duckley. Hello, Squeezy. Are you the man from the hardware store? <laughs> From the hardware store, the drugstore, bakery, and the car barn. Particularly the car barn. See, I've got a nickel. I've got a nickel. Give me a nickel. I give you scops of coffee. Hey, hey, what's going on? Oh, well, come right in, brother. Uh, there's the radio over there. And hurry up, will you? Chuck, I don't know what kept you so long. I don't either. They told me I'd be out in a few days. A few days? No, sir. I ain't paying for no service like that. Hey, what you wearing them carpet slippers on your feet for, bud? <laughs> they don't fit on my head. <laughs> oh, a wise guy, huh? Well, get to work on that radio and don't be so sassy. <laughs> He's forced to having nice cloppings of red hair, Spizzer. Yeah. Like a double orders of stewed carrots, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, well, I don't care what color his hair is if he gets busy. 
What you staring at, bud? What a lovely painting on the wall. Painting on So realistic. <laughs> Moonlight on the snow. Moonlight on that ain't no painting, brother. You're looking out the window. Oh, <laughs> oh so I am. <laughs> what am I doing here? What do you mean, what are you doing here? Come here. I want to talk to you. I ain't got time now, Molly. This guy comes over here to fix the radio, and then he asks what he's here for. Oh, dear. Go on, get at it, bud. Can you row a boat? Can I... What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? I believe I will, if you don't mind. Peter, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're always giving people the raz apples, and now you're forced to having some of my own medicine. <laughs> medicine? I don't believe I want any right now. Oh, you... dear, oh, dear. I better call the hospital. Hey, listen, son. Excuse me, Mr. DePopolis, while I make a phone call. Sure, Cupid. Listen, bud, you fix that dad-ratted radio and quit clowning around, you hear me? Oh, yes. The radio... Where is it? Where is it? He is asking where is the radio cabinets, and he is having his hand leading on it with both elbows. <laughs> He's a smart crack wise, Alex. <laughs> Here, bud. Now, now, quit the joshing and get to work. Here's a hammer and a screwdriver and stuff. Forgot about them anvils. <laughs> I'll stand here and supervise the job. You know, I used to be quite a radio hand myself, Nick. No, is that so? Yep. I invented the fiber filament. The tube of the future, they called it. Fiber filament, fabricated for finer facility and frequency flexibility, famous in the field for foiling, fluttering, fading, and fading. <laughs> now step on it there, brother. Yes, indeed. Uh, do you see something? What is the matter, radio people? Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. This tube is absolutely gone, I think. Hey. Yes, absolutely gone. <laughs> The idea of busting up that tube, bud. I could have... And this one, too, I believe. Very weak. Oh, very, very weak. Hey, look what you've done. You busted all them tubes. Oh, don't worry. You're a more of this lamp. Huh? Hey, Dad, go easy there. You busted the lamp. I know. I don't like lamp. Do you? Why, sir? Hey, what's the idea? Are you ripping me, brother? Oh, no, indeed. Now, this tube here, sir. It's broken. What do you mean, broken? It ain't another. Why, it is, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the idea? Hey, this is very comical way for fixing radios, I believe it. <laughs> well, I'll say so. Now, now you listen to me. No, but... you listen. <laughs> <laughs> done any harm, has he? No, not a bit. There's hardly any, that is. Oh, uh, come on, Mr. Quinn. We're going now. Oh, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> I don't like this place. It's full of radio tubes. You don't like it? Full of... Say, what the... Who is this fella? Quit shouting, buddy. That just makes him worse. Huh? This guy got a crack on the head in an accident and ran away from the hospital. He'll be okay in a couple of days. Uh, come on, Quinn. Thanks for calling us, lady. Oh, that's all right. Good night, Mr. Quinn. You must come over and fix my radio sometime. Good night. Well, now, if we'll be forgiven for getting serious for just a moment, I would like to say just try Johnson's Glow Coat on your kitchen linoleum and see if your family and friends don't compliment you on the looks of your floor. Glow Coat keeps your floors 
sparkling and clean, and at the same time makes your cleaning work very much easier. Instead of having to scrub your linoleum continually in order to keep it respectable looking, you'll find that dirt and dust will not stick to the glow coat polish, and your days of floor scrubbing will be done away with. Soiled spots are quickly wiped off the gleaming surface. No wonder millions of housekeepers are so enthusiastic about Johnson's glow coat, the easy-to-use, no-rubbing floor polish that dries in 20 minutes and shines as it dries without help from you. And remember, you save as much as one-third by buying glow coats in the larger sizes. Next week at this same hour, you have another rendezvous with the ribbing, romping McGee's. Until then, may we remind you that just as the best housekeepers use Johnson's wax and Johnson's glow coat to keep their houses clean and shining, so the most particular car owners keep their cars sparkling with Johnson's auto wax and cleaner. This is Harlow Wilcox, the voice of wax experience, saying good night. <laughs> This is the National Broadcasting Company.